Am I on? I thought Brother Eric was handing me a pacemaker when he gave me this. I said, well, do I really need that? But listening to the pastor talking about all the upcoming events reminded me how hard it was being a pastor, right? I pastored for 28 years in Auburn, Maine, and uh, it's not just preaching three sermons a week. Pastors have a lot of work to do. They work all the time. They're working when they're not working. And so uh, he reminded me of how hard it was being a pastor. All the upcoming events, I said, wow, I used to do all that stuff. You forget. But I'm glad to be here. This is my old stomping grounds, East Providence. I used to come here all the time. I worked at East Providence Furniture when I was a kid. Is that still here? It's not here no more. And... Uh, Tasker Ford was big at the, back in the 70s with the race cars. But uh, I remember East Providence. I was, I'm, I'm originally from Providence, Rhode Island. Federal Hill, the Italian section, Little Italy. I lived on Spaghetti Lane. <laughs> and uh, moved to Maine in 1985 to pastor the Auburn Baptist Church. And that was quite an adventure. Well, it's good to be here today. We'll take our Bibles today and turn to John chapter 18. I'm going to preach on my favorite subject, Jesus. I am so honored to be able to baptize my family today, and I thank Pastor Bob Oza for, for the privilege you of said, using your you baptistry. Said, you said open your Bibles, and my Bible's over here. Oh, okay. Without your sword, you will be bored. John chapter 18, starting in verse 33. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Now if you notice here as we read, Pilate asked four questions. One of the questions he asked twice. In verse uh, 37 he asked, Art thou a king then? And he asked the same thing in verse 33. So four questions, one of them he asked twice. Art thou the king of the Jews? Pontius Pilate was talking to Jesus, putting put Jesus on trial, but Pontius Pilate was actually the one on trial. Never a man spake like Jesus Christ. In verse 34, Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this of thyself? Are you speaking for yourself, Pilate, or did others tell it be of me? Are you threatened by this, Pilate, that, uh, that I'm king of the Jews? Because Herod was, we know that. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Am I making this charge? Your own chief priests have delivered you unto me. What have you done? See, he didn't even know what Jesus done. That's why I said five times I find no fault in him, because there was no charge. That the Jews just fabricated different things. So he said, what have you done? Now, Jesus ignores the second and third questions, and he deals with the king issue. In verse 36, he said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. That's so characteristic of our world. Wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There's always been war. Anytime there wasn't war, it was not peace. It was simply a time to reload. War after war after war. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If we were of this world, then would my, would my servants fight. Now see how bad it was for Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane when he took out that sword and took off Malchus's ear. How uncharacteristic that was of God's people. Jesus said, put the sword back in the sheep. My servants don't fight. The world fights. That's characteristic of the world. 
Then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. It's not from here. Pilate therefore said unto him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. Pilate, you know I'm a king. Your gut's telling you that. You know. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Isn't that true? John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My sheep hear my voice, they know me. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless. Father, thank you for your word. It's wonderful, God. It's quick and alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's powerful. It cuts into the bone and the marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. We thank you for your word, God. It's a blessing to preach your word. It's a blessing to hear your word. Your spirit said, if you go to near, listen to what I have to say. And so, God, we're listening today. Speak to our hearts. Tell us about Jesus, God. What a wonderful Savior we have. What a beautiful, loving master, king, Savior that we have. And we ask you to bless this message for your honor and glory. If there's someone here today that doesn't know Jesus personally, not born again, may they come to repentance today and be born again and know that they're going to heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So twice Pilate asked, Art thou a king? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. Well, Pilate's confused. If you're not an earthly king, are you a king at all? I only know about one kind of king. What kind of king are you, or are you one at all? Pilate's totally perplexed. Never a man spake like Jesus. Are you from here, earth, or are you from out there? Who are you? What are you? Why are you here? I love how Jesus answers in verse 37. Pilate, to this end was I born, for this reason, for this purpose, and for this cause came I into the world. And that's the name of my message today, came I into the world. Where was Jesus before he came into the world? What was he like? We're going to find out from the Bible today, because I don't like the pictures they make of Jesus today. He always looks weird, you know? with a lamb in his arms. That's not the Jesus I know. This, this effeminate Jesus with, with girl's hair and, and a lamb in his arm. That's not the Savior I know. The Savior I know has got eyes of fire and hair of wool and a sword comes from his mouth. He, he's the king of kings. That's my Savior. Not this effeminate Jesus they, they portray today. And so, to this end was I born for this purpose. This came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice, and we do, amen? So Pilate's head is spinning. Now, what does Jesus mean when he says, came I into the world? If he came into the world, he had to come from somewhere, somewhere out there. Folks, to be born on planet Earth is, is, is to be human, to exist. But to come into the world indicates pre-existence. He pre-existed elsewhere. So Jesus is saying, I was pre-existence. You say, where was he? Well, let the Bible tell us. Look at uh, chapter 16, if you will. Go back a couple of pages. Chapter 16. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And in verse 27, he said, For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came, <clears throat> excuse me, came out from God. Now here he says where he came from. I came out from God. Where did Jesus come from? He came out from God. I came forth from the Father and am coming to the world. And again, I leave the world 
and go back to the Father. In verse 30, the disciples said, Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should question you or ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Well, even Nicodemus knew that. In John chapter 3, it said, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said, We know that thou come from God. No one can do the miracles that you're doing except God's with him. And so they finally realized that the light goes on. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. In verse 28, I came forth from the Father. I came into the world. And again, I'm going to leave the world and go back to the Father. Now, John 4.24 says, God is a spirit. So Jesus came from a spirit world. So what was Jesus before he came here? A spirit. Jesus didn't have a body before he came to heaven, uh, before he left heaven and came to earth. Jesus was a spirit, came from a spirit world. Angels are spirits. They're ministering spirits. No one has a body. The people in heaven don't have bodies yet. When Jesus raptures the church, he comes back with the saints, and they're reunited with their bodies that are raised from the dead. It's an amazing thing. We're going to have a body that's going to be fitted for heaven. This body could never handle heaven. This body's sinful. It's deteriorating. It's falling apart. I used to be the Italian stallion, my friend. Now I'm the macaroni pony. <laughs> Things change when you get old. So where was he? In another world with God the Father, an eternal world, a spirit world. No time there. No day's end. There's no time in heaven. Everything is now. Did you ever notice in, uh, I think it's Hebrews 11.1, 1, where it says, now faith is, turn that around, faith is now. Faith is always now. If you're, not, if you're not walking by faith, you're in sin. Did you know that? The Bible says that. So now faith is, faith is now. Now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. It's always in the now. Now we know. Now, now, now. Because there is no past in heaven. There is no future in heaven. There's no this afternoon. There's no last night. It's always now. Can you imagine how you've had one of those beautiful days, sunny days, You've had one of those sunny days when you were on a boat or at a picnic. It was a beautiful day, and you felt great, and you were young, and you, you wished it could be that way forever. That's how it's going to be now in heaven. It's going to be like that forever. It's amazing, isn't it? Never getting old, never getting sick, no nosebleeds, no eye running, no earaches, no constipation. I mean, <laughs> heaven's going to be wonderful, isn't it? I mean, think about it. No depends. I don't know if you guys wear Depends yet. I don't. Thank God. I can still go. But none of that stuff's going to go on in heaven. I always wonder what kind of plumbing is in heaven. You ever think about that? Are we going to go? I mean, I think about things like that. Are we going to go in heaven? And if we do, is there a sewer system? Is there toilets? Who knows? Thank God that we look through a glass darkly right now. We don't see everything. Thank God. Amen? So this eternal world. Now watch this. Turn to John 14. I'm making it easy for you today. I'm staying in the same book. John chapter 14. After telling the Jews he was going back, his disciples, they were distressed. So he said to them, let not your heart be troubled. As a matter of fact, in verse 27, he said, neither let it be afraid. They didn't want him to leave. They didn't, of course, they, they loved having him with them. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Now watch this. In my father's house, in another world, are many mansions, many places to live. 
If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to what? Prepare a place for you in another world. Folks, we're going to be leaving this one. We're not staying here. This world's not our home. We're just passing through like the song says. And so we're on our way to another world. I go to prepare a place for you. I like this. It's, it's a geographical location. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will what? Come again. And we say every day what? Even so, come Lord Jesus. Come today. That where I am, where, see the there and where, that's a geographical location. Where I am, there in that world, ye may be also. So we're on our way. And where I go, heaven, you know, and the way you know. Well, Thomas said, now this is funny. I laugh at this. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not where you're going. Well, well Thomas, weren't you listening? I just got through saying where I was going. <laughs> he just explained that. And Thomas said, we know not where you're going. And how can we know the way? You know, everybody thinks the apostles were all stained glass saints. They were people just like us. Duh. You know, they finally catch on after a while what's going on. But Jesus said, how long am I going to have to put up with you? Remember he groaned in his spirit. How long do I have to put up with you? We, we couldn't cast that demon. Oh, how, oh, you have little faith. How long am I going to have to put up with you? I'm sure Jesus got frustrated with them in his manhood. And so where I go, you know, and the way you know. Well, Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not where you're going. And how can we know the way into that other world? So Jesus makes it very clear. Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man comes unto the Father but by me. And, you know, I, I ask people in cults when I witness to them. As a matter of fact, just recently I asked someone this. I says, do you know of any other religion in the world? And there are myriads of religions, millions of religions and cults. Do you know any religion in the world outside of Christianity that has a Savior that died on the cross so that you could go to heaven? And not only did he die on the cross, he rose from the dead. You'll never read in the New Testament that Jesus is crucified without hearing and was raised again. It's always together. You never see that he was crucified and they leave you there and rose again, always. There's not a religion in the world that has a Savior that died and rose again. We're the only, one, we're the only ones with real hope. They have no hope. They're all wishing and praying. And we know. First John 5, 11, I think, and this is, this is the record that God has given to us, eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the son has eternal life. He that hath not the son hath not life. These things have I written unto you to believe on the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. We know it's not a wonder or scratch your head religion. It's a, a no-so religion. I know where I'm going. I know whom I believe in. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Jesus is a wonderful God. He started a work in us. Matter of fact, Philippians 1.6 says, being confident in this very thing, he which has started a good work in you will continue to perform it until the day he comes. We've got a past, present, and a future in that verse. Being confident, he which hath in the past started a good work in you will present perform it until he comes. Past, present, future, Jesus is working in us. He's perfecting us. He's getting us ready for heaven. Amen. So I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. Now, you know what this tells me? Jesus is not just a good man. Do you know any men that can do this, enter this world, leave this world, return to this world, and then bring passages in the rapture to outer space without the help of Cape Canaveral? 
No one can do this except God. So that's why there's only one conclusion, beloved. Jesus must be God. Amen. The Word of God. As a matter of fact, in John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. Listen, God came into the world and took on human form. It says, and the Word was God. The same Jesus was in the beginning with God. And Jesus claimed to be the incarnate God. John made sure that we know what he said when he said, I came into the world, and before the world began, he was. Then in verse 14, it says, and he was made flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus was made flesh in the incarnation, the birth of, the birth of Jesus was made flesh. That's when he took on a human body, and that body will be with us forever. He, may, he took on a human body so he could be touched with our feelings. He knows what we go through. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Not only that, he's going to have a body forever in heaven to remind us that he died for us on the cross. The scars will be there forever. When he, when he appears in the clouds, they're going to look at the, the one that, that, that was pierced. His hands and scars will be there forever to remind us of our salvation, our redemption. Forever we'll be happy remembering what, what Jesus did for us. What a wonderful Savior. Now turn to chapter 17, if you will. Chapter 17, it says in verse 1, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, the time of my passion, the cross, the very event that would uh, bring his death. And by it he has received the adoration and the love and the worship of millions whose sin he bore. And he said, Father, the hour has come, glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power, that's authority, over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Give eternal life. That tells me you don't have to work for it. 1 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Ephesians 2 8 says, For you are saved by grace through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This is life eternal. Eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal. Watch this now. That they might know thee, the only true God. There are many false ones. The only true God, God the Father, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. God sent his son from another world, another dimension. And then in verse 4, he said, I have glorified thee on the earth, Father. I have what? Finished the work. That's why we don't have to work for our salvation. When Jesus said, it is finished, that meant the plan of salvation is complete. Now, whosoever will may come. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. To as many as received him, to them he gives eternal life. It's a wonderful thing. He said, it's finished. Titus 3, 5 says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. It's according to his mercy he saved us by the washing and regeneration of the Holy Spirit. We don't work for salvation. You work after salvation. Faith without works is dead. So after you're saved, now you do the works that bring glory to God. You let your light so shine before men that your good works will glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And so God said, it is finished. The work has been completed work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, here it comes again, 
with the glory which I had with thee in that other world, in that spirit world, eternal world, before the world was. So here Jesus looked past the cross and asked to be returned to the glory that he shared with the Father before the world, planet Earth, began. Look at verse 11. And now I am no more in the world, but these, my disciples, they're staying. They are in the world. They're staying here. I, listen, God didn't take us home the day we got saved because there's work to do. There's souls to be won. There's witnesses to be done. You need to have tracks in your pockets all the time. You need to give tracks to different. You need to witness for God. It's called a great commission. That's what missions is. Missions is cooperating with God. First Corinthians 3, 9 says we are laborers together, co-laborers with God. And so if you're not soul winning, you're disobeying the great commission. Jesus said, go ye, plural, into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them whatsoever things I've commanded you. So we got work to do. If it wasn't for that, Jesus would have took us home the day we got saved. We're ready. We're ready now. We're sinless. We have the righteousness of God. We're not sinless, but we sin less. Amen. The more we grow in the Lord, the less we sin. And so it's a wonderful thing. It's like the basket. You bring the basket down to the water. You dip it in the water. You fill it up. You walk away. By the time you get two feet, the basket's empty. You go back. You fill it up again. You walk away. It, it empty. You say, what's happening? The basket's getting clean. That's what's happening to us. We keep taking in the word. The word goes in. It filters us and cleans us out, right? And we sin less. So here Jesus looked past the cross and asked to return to, to the glory. So sure was his death and departure back to the Father that Jesus treated his departure as though it had already happened. It's Romans 4.17. He calls those things which be not as though they were. It's just like I like Romans 8 where it says, then he called, then he also justified. Those that he justified, he glorified. We're glorified already in God's mind. He calls those things which be not as though we are. We're not glorified yet, but in God's mind and eye, he knows the end already. He knows we're going to be glorified. So verse 11, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. Did you see that? That they may be, the pastor's heart's desire is that the people would become one in the church. How sweet and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. God wants us one. One is indivisible. A house divided against itself will fall. God wants us one. Now, how one does he want us? Look at this. That they may be one as we are one. As the, as the Trinity experiences eternal unity, so may the believers. We're going to be eternally one after we die and go to heaven. We may as well start now practicing. Amen? May the practice now. No strife, no divisions. While I was with them in the world, I kept them. I like that word, keep, kept. Uh, Jude says we're preserved and kept. Kept means guarded, protected. We're under the shadow of God's wings. We're safe. The world, listen, the world is terrified right now of what's happening. It doesn't bother us. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. Amen? We don't have that spirit of fear. I will not entertain fear. That's from the devil. Anytime you feel afraid, you know what you say? Devil, I will not receive that. That's not from my father. Fear, is a, fear has torment, the Bible says. 
I thank the Lord that when I watch what's going on in the world, it doesn't even faze me because I've read in the Bible where it was, it was all going to happen. It just keeps proving the word of God. All that's going on, this whole transition of uh, people and from boy to girl, girl to boy and whatever, you don't know if it's a he or a she or a shem. But with all this stuff that's going on, I'm not caught off God. I know what the Bible says. It's nothing new. This happened a long time ago. This, this happened in Genesis 6. And so it's been going on a long time. I love the fact that we're kept, preserved, guarded. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And he did. You know, when Jesus was in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, remember when the mob came in? They, Jesus said to them, now watch this. He said this very clear. Whom seek ye? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. They all fell backwards. Like 500 men. As soon as he said, I am he, he was actually saying, I am. I'm the great I am. I'm Jehovah God. They all went flying backwards. The stupid jerks get back up. He asked them again, whom seek ye? The stupid jerks, you think they'd stop and say, I just fell on my rear end. And he's asking this again. I'm not going to answer this time. They answered again, whom seek ye? Once they said it the second time, Jesus of Nazareth, he said, good, now let these go. He made it clear to them who, he want, who they wanted. They wanted him. Let these go. That's why he said, Father, I've lost none. See that? None of them is lost except Judas, the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now, watch this. Now come I to thee in that other dimension, the spirit world, the Father's house, and these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. My joy fulfilled them because this is going to be their eternal home. They know that I'm coming back for them. Listen, the Bible says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those that have died already. Michael, Betty, don't be concerned. Don't worry about them. As others which have no hope, the world. For if we believe and we do that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus, is God going to bring with him when he comes in the rapture? When Jesus comes in the rapture, he's, he's taking them back... The dead in Christ are going to be raised from the, from the ground and re reunited with their spirits. For this I say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, Come up! In the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall be raised first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, brethren, comfort one another with these words. Amen. Paul said, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Every one of us is going to be changed. Philippians 3.20 says, Our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is going to change our vile bodies, that they may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, and the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Listen, a wonderful change is going to come. We're going to have bodies like Jesus Christ. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and perfect will of God for your life. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, because we're going to be like Jesus Christ. Amen? Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall see him as he is, and we'll be like him. 
boy, imagine we're going to be like Jesus. Oh, the best is yet to come. Remember I used to say that in church all the time? The best is yet to come. Listen, don't worry what's going on. Don't worry about your trials and tribulations. The best is yet to come. This too shall pass. Whatever we're going through will pass. All the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that God's got waiting for each one of us. He said, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to their works. So the best is yet to come. Amen? I'm almost done. Like Henry VIII told his fourth wife, I won't keep you long. Amen? I'm speaking these things in the present temporary world, which they are not a part of any longer. And that's very true. Look at verse 14. I have given them thy word. We've got the Bible. And the world has hated them. Why does the world hate us? Because we are not of the world. We're not of the evil satanic system. We're not involved with the LGBTQ. We're not involved with all the stuff that's going on in the transgender and, and all the sick stuff that's going on in our, the political correct crowd. They're nuts. They're all nuts. We've got a president who can't remember his last name. What a crazy world we live in. The guy falls over everything, he climbs upstairs, he falls down, and, he's, and, he's, and the people rave, they want him back. You know why? They believe a lie. Jesus said in 2 Thessalonians 2 that the world would believe a lie. They would be decept deception is the master of the, uh, the master deception, is the, the, the master deceptor is the devil. He comes to deceive. He uses the media. All the people that, uh, that want Biden don't realize how bad he is. They think Trump is bad. This is how deceived they are. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe, and they are believing a lie. And Romans chapter 1 talks about what's going to happen to them. So I am not of, they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. They hate us because we're not part of the evil system that we reject. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world. We need them to win souls. But that you keep them from evil, from Satan and the wicked forces. They are not of the world. Notice how Jesus keeps saying that. He wants us to get it in our heads. 1 John 2.15 says, love not the world. That doesn't mean don't love the geography and all the beautiful things that God has created, the cosmos. He's saying, love not the evil system, the satanic system, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. It's of the devil. So love not the world. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. We're going to another world, another dimension. Jesus is coming back for us. And when we go there, it'll be a wonderful thing. In closing, Pilate asked, are you a king? Pilate, listen to the Bible. Hebrews 7.2 calls him the king of righteousness, the king of Salem, the king of peace. Revelation 15.3 calls him the king of saints. Revelation 17.14 <clears throat> calls him the king of kings. Revelation 19.16 calls him the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. 1 Timothy 1.17 calls him the King Eternal. Psalm 10.16 calls him King Forever. Philippians 2.9 says the King of Creation. Zechariah 14.9, the Lord shall be King over all earth. I wish I was telling Pilate all this right now so he'd know that Jesus is the King. Psalm 24 calls him the King of Glory. Beloved, listen this morning. He's a King of Creation, the King of Kings, the King of Glory, and you're going to love this one. He's the king of hearts, yours and mine. He lives in our hearts, amen. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. Then Pilate said, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, you say that I am. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world. Then where is your kingdom? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. Then where is it? 
My kingdom's in the hearts of those who believe. Romans 5, 5, my love is shed abroad in their hearts. 2 Corinthians 1, 22, I have put my spirit in their hearts. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, I have put my light in their hearts. Ephesians 3, 17, I dwell in their hearts by faith. Colossians 3, 15, I rule in their hearts. Pilate, you ask, am, am I a king? Yes, king of kings. Not only king of kings and lord of lords, but God has given him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Right. Every knee, every atheist, every tyrant ruler, every... You know, I'm so glad I'm a right winger, aren't you? You know why? I don't want to be a left winger. I'll tell you why. Because in, in, uh, in Matthew 25, Jesus is going to separate the sheep from the goats. The goats are on the left. The sheep are on the right. Which side do you want to be on? I'm glad I'm a right winger. Keep the liberal left. I, they can have it. Pilate, am I a king? To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world. I close with this. Prophet Zephaniah, the prophet Zechariah prophesied in Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming unto you, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth, and his dominion shall be to the ends of the earth. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, and invisible, the only God, the only wise God, be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The question this morning is, <clears throat> is he your king? Because yes. if he isn't your king, he's going to be your judge. Now think about that for a moment. If he's not your king, he's going to be your judge. Don't play church. Don't say I'm a Christian when, I'm, when you're not. Don't, let, don't try to make people think you are if you're not. If you're not a Christian, become one today. It's very simple. All you have to do is put your total faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That will take you to heaven. That's the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. <clears throat> it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, and the Jew first and also to the Greek. Put your faith and trust in what Jesus did, not in what you do, Everything that we do in a quarter will get you a phone call. What Jesus did will get you to heaven. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word today. Bless this time. Pastor Bob Olson, would you come up? Bless this time together, Lord. Thank you for the message. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Now have your way in this assembly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a wonderful message. What a wonderful message this morning. We're giving you, going to give you an opportunity to make peace with God. If you never made peace with God, if you're online watching us, right there where you are, you can stop. It's, it's very simple. Admit that you are a sinner. You have done wrong. You have breaking God's laws. You're guilty before Him. You know, confess your sin before Jesus. Confess your wrongs before Jesus. And ask Him to be your Lord and your Savior. And He will be your Lord and your Savior, as the, the, the Bible promised. What a wonderful message, brother. Uh, and that's what we need to do. You want to get to heaven? Jesus is the only way to heaven. Right. You know, when people say, there's many other religions. Well, there's only one that takes you to heaven. It is through Jesus Christ. He is the bridge that connects you to heaven. There's no other way to heaven. Even Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Right. My brother, Brother Malazi, would say, don't play church. Right? We don't come to church to play church. If you play in church, you're wrong. You're going to find yourself in the wrong end. You know, we come to church to worship our great Savior. 
But if we're not saved, we want to get saved so we can worship Him in spirit and in truth. And that's the way we should do. If you could stand, please, we're going to sing page uh, 336. Those of you, you're going to be baptized. You want to go change your clothes. Everything, anything that you don't want to get wet, you need to take out. You know. <laughs> All right. Says the ladies, there is a ladies' bathroom in the back. You can go there. There's a men's bathroom in the hallway. You can go there. Uh, and ladies, you can use the men's bathroom. It's fine. I mean, if you have to. All right. <laughs> We will wait around. We'll sing a few songs. We'll, I, will, I would preach. Yes. Um, okay. Eric, would you go in my office? And as you walk right beside my desk, there is a shoebox there. And I'm sorry. As you walk in your left in the bottom, there is a shoebox. There's a, 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 some boots for brother to put on so he doesn't get wet. Okay. So you're going to take your shoes off. Because if you put it in, you might not be able to take it out. All right? Take your shoes off, take your jacket, leave everything else, and you won't get wet, I promise you. He's going with you. Just go with him. If you follow him out there, and we will be singing over here. Let's sing Amazing Grace, page 336. It's not every day that we see six, five people getting baptized. He's going there. John, John, guide him. Amazing Grace, how sweet. The sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Here's a question for you. If you were to die right now, I'm 100% sure you're going to heaven. I cannot take you to heaven. I'm not God. The question is for you. If you were to drop dead right now, are you 100% sure you're going to heaven? If you are, praise the Lord, you are. But if you're not, why don't you make peace with God today? Why play in church? So I go to church, I feel good. Good. But if you die, are you going to heaven? We take these invitations serious because it's a serious matter. Jesus died on the cross for a reason, to save your soul from hell. People say, hell does not exist. Oh, yes, it does. It's very real. Did you find it? Oh, good. Why don't you come over here and sing Amazing Grace so I can, I can get it. <laughs> He's going to lead and I'm going to... Brother, Brother Malazzi is lost over here, poor guy. Stop. 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the service that we had this morning and your word being preached to us, Lord. We thank you for the blessing that it is that we have the freedom still in this country to uh, assemble together and hear your word, Lord. And we pray now that as we move on into the uh, baptismal service, Lord, that your blessings would be on us, that your hand would be involved in all of this, Lord. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And we're going to try to find a couple more hymns, I guess, to keep going here. I thought he was coming right back, but I guess I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, pick some low ones, Chrissy. about 365. Brendan, if you can go to 365 in the folder, PowerPoint hymns, 365, and I'm just going to go up and leave it. <laughs> Trusting in His grace this hour, are you washed in the blood?